Hi, this is Ronnie Ann Ryan, intuitive coach, and welcome to the Breathe, Love, and Magic podcast. In this show, we'll talk about mystical methods, spiritual practices, and magic to grow spiritually, live well, and maybe find love. Open your heart, expand your mind, connect with spirit, and embrace the magic that is all around you. To learn more about intuitive coaching with me or a past life reading, please visit breatheloveandmagic.com. If you enjoy the show, please rate it or write a review and subscribe and share it with a friend. May good fortune come to all those who listen to the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast. And now, on with the show! In this episode of the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast, I'm speaking with Lon, who is an internationally acclaimed sacred geometry artist, author, and creator of two best-selling and award-winning Oracle decks. As founder of Lon Art, she offers tools for transformation, readings, and personal soul portraits that connect you to your soul purpose. She is the author of the book, Modern Merlin, an insightful and practical guide through this fast-changing world. The book has an associated online course with it as well. Lon's work inspires original thoughts and activates thinking beyond the everyday so you can make real changes in your life and become the best possible version of you. Is there anything more we can want? Welcome, Lon. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you. I want to talk about sacred geometry art. Can we talk about that first? Absolutely. Yes. One of my favorite topics. Tell me, I mean, I know sacred geometry has, I know the flower of life with all those circles with all those conjunctions, but fill us in. Sacred geometry as actually the sacred part refers to the divine part and geometry literally means measurement of the earth. So it's a divine measurement of the earth. And it refers to that we have discovered, and it turns out that everything in creation and everything in life is actually based on repetitions, patterns, and sacred forms that keep repeating themselves. So if you look, for instance, a really good example is like a sunflower, the way a sunflower, like the seeds on the inside of the flower, how that how that is done, you see like spiral kind of forms there. And that you find in a lot of different forms. You see it on a cauliflower. Uh, You see the same kind of spirals in the way a wave um, breaks onto the onto the beach. We can even see it, the spiral form, in the way a fetus develops in the beginning. We see it in the fingerprint, you know, it's in our DNA even has that spiral form. So it it turns out that there is like a mathematical rhyme and reason, kind of like a divine blueprint that determines how life develops. So that means, yeah, that is sacred geometry. And I fell in love with it back in the 90s, I think, when I came across crop circle picture. (laughs) Yeah. Have you ever seen them? Yeah. I saw them and I've never seen them live. I've never walked through a field or something. And for, for, for those listeners that do not know what I'm talking about, crop circles, it's this phenomenon that we find mostly in Northern Europe, where it appears that overnight there are patterns in the field, in the crops. And those patterns usually are very beautiful, intricate very mathematically designed designs of forms that often spread out over hundreds and hundreds of yards 
and they appear overnight. So it's always been a mystery. And so people have been taking pictures of it. And I came across it in the 90s and I just fell in love. My my background is in graphic design. I did art school. I graduated in marketing and graphic design. And so I've always been very visual. And when I saw those designs, I just felt like a kid in a candy store. And I know there's a lot of discussion around who made it. Theories spread from like, it's been aliens or it's the earth itself, or it's a hoax. And it was a farmer that did it overnight with a bottle that he's dragging behind his tractor. Personally, I have never really been that um, interested in the who, because to me, it's like, well, whoever did it, it is, it's art. It is complex. And I know that as a designer, I mean, anybody out there try to draw a perfect circle without a tool right just try to draw on a piece of paper a perfect circle and now try to do that during the night over hundreds of yards in a field of corn and the designs are are perfect they are absolutely perfect so what i started doing is i started taking those pictures of those crop circles and i put them in line art so i drew lines around them made them into line art and then i started giving them a color just to play with it and while i was playing with it what came from my inner intuition my inner guidance from spirit the universe was that this got to have some sort of a meaning like this is probably a language because why would it be a square on one day and a circle on another day, right? That to me says like, well, somebody or something is giving us a different signal, like a, a circle gives a different signal than a square. So I started realizing like, wow, you know, what if this is a universal language and we can just communicate in that way? Oh, that's such an interesting thought. I never thought of it like that. Right. So I started thinking like, well, maybe I could express certain concepts, like really big concepts that are at the foundation of our experience as human beings on this earth. Concepts like healing or love or connection or intimacy or prosperity. Like there's so many words that that we use and we kind of have an idea of what it is. But what if we can give that concept itself, we can give it a flavor in the way it feels through form and colors. So I started experimenting with that and um, it was incredibly exciting and people got it. Like when I would show it to them, like, hey, what do you think this is? I think this is what I call healing or this is what I call romantic love. People would go like, yeah, totally. I totally get that. And then the work really took off when somebody asked me, can you do me? Like, can you express me like who I am in sacred geometry? And I'm like, okay, I'm going to try that. So I did. So my first one that I ever made for somebody else was a really dear friend of mine. And I created this piece for her. And while I was working on it, I was tuned into her, her essence, the way I knew her, what I thought that she would you know, her, her superpowers that she came in with, like the things yeah. that she carries in her soul. And I just let it flow through me and made it into an expression and realized I can write a story about that as well, her soul story. And that's how my soul portraits um, were born. And this is many years ago. And ever since I've had the honor to, I call it dancing, to dance with like hundreds of people from all over the world in bringing their soul expression through in sacred geometry. 
I'm on your website looking at the soul portraits and they are so gorgeous. The colors are so vibrant. What medium do you work in? I do it all digitally, though I do it on the computer. Oh. And it's a combination between Photoshop, Illustrator, and I combine layers and gradients yeah. and transparency and photos and I build it all up. They're very intricate and they're really amazing. The colors, the shape, and even though they're still static, they're not moving, they have so much movement in them. Yeah. They're pretty spectacular. So you can see them for anybody listening. You go to lon, L-O-N dash art.com slash soul hyphen portraits. And I'll put it in the show notes, but Ooh, they're pretty spectacular. And there's a bunch of them. Can't even pick a favorite. That's how beautiful they are. I think the one that's on the modern Merlin book, Illumination, is really, that's your, yeah. Well, you're my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) I really love that because those are my colors too. Right. The turquoise, whatever. A little hint of purplish. That is my own soul portrait. And it took me years to make my own. Everybody was always asking me and I always held off. And when I finally did create mine, um, only like maybe two or three years ago, it was quite an experience to go through that as as both the artist and the one that brings it through and the receiver of it to, to get it. And it's powerful. I mean, this piece is now hanging in my bedroom and it's the first thing that I see when I open my eyes in the morning. And it's just a constant reminder of who I truly am and why I sign up to <laughs> write and the work that I chose to do um, as an illuminator, meaning like as somebody that brings things from the darkness into the light and that often also brings concepts that are not known yet or ways of thinking that are unfamiliar still. And I help to bring that, shine a light on it and make it more, more common and more accessible. Mm many people way back i would say in probably in 1990 i met a woman who had learned to channel so she was channeling spirit for me and i was getting homework one of the lessons was to create a piece of art that looked like my spirit Mm. and so i used magazine pages you know colors ripped out of magazines and i made a collage There's no item in, it's just pieces of color from the pages and it's circular. It has a center and it strips that just go in this, make the circle and just kind of spread out and it's all blue and turquoise. And maybe we have some kind of a soul family or something because we come from the the same color base. It's really funny because at one point I had somebody doing feng shui for me and she came into my office and she found the collage it had framed it and I had put it behind a bookcase against a wall because I didn't know what to do with it and she goes girl what are you doing with this what is this thing I'm like oh it's um you know my soul expression hiding behind your bookcase (laughs) (laughs) go hang that thing up she said (laughs) so uh, (laughs) I put it in the appropriate feng shui place in my house and it's so it's still there, but that just cracked me up. She was like, "You're hiding. What are you hiding?" It was so it was very funny. Well, it's a good point. It's a very valid point, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Cool to see because my my art, I kind of like modern day mandalas, and most yes. people are familiar with a mandala. Yes. You're describing as your soul expression is also a mandala, and we all know that mandalas have been used throughout the ages as a tool to help us connect to spirit or to the universe, right? It's 
can be used as a meditation tool, as something to, because of the repetition, because of the symmetry, because of the beauty, the intricacy of it. So that by itself is like, you know, mandalas are our kind of a language, right? Yeah. They help us to, to move away from only being focused on the outside three-dimensional physical form-based world and go more inward where we can find that multidimensional language of our spirits and our guides and the universe and spirit and God and whatever you want to call that. Yeah, amazing. Let's segue to Modern Merlin. And this is your new book. I did read a nice big chunk. And there's so many great little illustrations and stuff along the way, too, that I think really help you connect with the concept. One of my favorite things you talked a lot about towards the back, I tend to skip around. So towards the back, there was a lot about energy management and boundaries, which I thought was very important. And then also talked about the power of doing and smudging and ceremony and stuff. What stands out for you in the book that you want to talk about? You know, you want to talk a little bit about hygiene and boundaries and stuff like that. I think the the biggest message that I would like to have people take away from the book is that they realize that we all have so many tools and abilities and skills that are innately inside of us to do this, to be in some form of relationship and a co-creational relationship with the universe and that we actually have much more control over what happens in our lives and how we feel. So ultimately how to feel in harmony and at peace and happy than what we are usually are taught, you know, by society, by our educational system, by everything in old paradigm basically showed us that we have to look outside of ourselves to find the tools. And that often put us in a role of a victim. And I think the biggest shift that we are now in worldwide is to realize like we don't need to be victimized. There is a lot that we can do just by changing our perspective. We always have a choice, no matter what our external circumstances are, to find a new perspective to look at it. Like even when we're in the midst of something um, scary or something unfamiliar or something that makes us angry, we can choose a different attitude. And that different attitude always leads to feeling differently. And ultimately, that is what determines our happiness. It's not so much our external circumstances, although they help but it's more how we interact with those external circumstances and what we do with it. And that's why I give a lot of tools in the book as well to make it practical. Yes, it's very practical, which is something I loved about it because it's not so woo-woo that you can't do anything with it. It's not like that. It's very grounded and practical while getting you in touch with all those different tools, like you said, which I thought is one of the things that makes it a really strong presentation. So going back to this feeling happy thing, that's something I myself am paying more attention to working on. And I've been getting messages from the universe about experiencing joy. And I did a really short podcast about, I call them podcast snack, about fairies and the messages from the fairies. And it was really about joy, fountains of joy. (laughs) And recently then I was in the garden and I was, I was tuning into honeysuckle and I had gotten a message that 
I needed to go talk to Honeysuckle. And that is not the kind of thing I normally hear, but I heard it. So I thought, well, go do it. And I have a lot of Honeysuckle in my garden. I tried to tune in and listen. And I was shocked because I actually heard a message that talked about joy and that it was letting me know that I think too much. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And that there are moments of joy for me. And it is in those moments of joy that you can move forward because in those moments of joy, you're in the moment. You're not in the past complaining about what happened to being a victim. And you're not in the future worrying about what's going to happen next. You're present. And that's the only place you have for mobility and movement. So this seems to coincide with what you're talking about, too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that story about the honeysuckle. And I I love the fact that you listened to that and were looking for the message. And I think a lot of it of of the shift that we are in now and and going into a new paradigm is about exactly that, is trusting our intuition. You know, when there's something inside of us that says like, hey, go do this and go, go in the garden, go sit with the honeysuckle, that you don't allow your mind to go like, no, 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 you've got other things to do. You know, you have a busy day. And so it's it's really shifting from allowing ourselves to be guided by our heads and our minds, which ha- which is what we have been doing, to yeah. now shifting to be guided by our heart and our intuition and finding that coherence between the two. I am not yeah. saying that you shouldn't use your brain. You shouldn't use your mind. I'm saying that it is now all about listening to both and finding the balance because we still need our brain. We do amazing tools and so are our hearts. You know, I think we've, we've discarded our intuition for a long time. I feel like we're now shifting back to realizing like how important it is because our mind can't really guide us into multidimensionality out of 3d. Our mind is very 3d based because it processes the input that we're getting from the world around us through our five senses, which are directly connected to our physical body, right? Our, our hearing, yeah. our touch, our smell, our, our seeing, and what's the fifth one? I'm, I'm Taste. There taste. we go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there we go. The five, the five senses. And I think that's why people are calling the, you know, your inner eye is your, is your sixth sense. And that sixth sense is starting to be more and more important because when we move away from a 3D external world, And we enter more a world of the subtle energies and the subtle whispers and the subtle guidance. We have to use a different part of us to to receive that. Yeah. And I think that's why everybody's talking about this COVID. That's what created the opening because without that time, downtime, without that stoppage of everyday life, people wouldn't have ever necessarily taken the time to get in touch with what was going on or to look at their lives from a higher perspective or to take a step back. I am a very spiritual person and I listen and I try to follow along. And then I, I still have resistance, like natural resistance. So even today I got a message, go to the garden. I'm like, no, I don't want to, you know, it's like, what do you mean? You don't want to, I'm asking that of myself. Like, why would you be resistant? You say you want to be guided. You want the synchronicities and then spirit delivers. And you're like, nah, I don't want, I did go by the way. (laughs) Um, it's training you know it's it's programming it's because we all grew up in a paradigm um that was so based on allowing only our minds and our logic to to navigate us and it's going to take time for us to you know like with anything trust takes time 
you know, trusting another human being takes time. And, and that trust is always based on building experiences that show you that you're safe. So the more often we listen to our intuition and we actually follow through and we have a positive experience that actually reflects itself in our, in our life and what comes out of that, the more often we do that, the more trust we build and the easier it's going to be. But right now we're right on that cusp between I want to, but I don't, you know, I mean, I should be doing something else where we're still in that like we should right <laughs> yeah yes you were mentioning something about how many people are afraid or still in victim mode about something that happened in the past or they're already afraid of something that's going to happen in the future and i address that in my book as well that that when you feel afraid and you feel anxiety that there's always three questions that you can ask and the questions are exactly what you were saying like is this anxiety is it sourced by something that happened to me in the past is it sourced by something that I am afraid will happen to me in the future? Or is it something that is happening to me right now in this moment? And the right now in this moment is the only valid thing actually to be afraid. That is logical. If there is a big bear coming at you, charging, yeah. you got to run. <laughs> yeah. Or I don't know, maybe you actually have to Maybe stay. you freeze. I don't know, but you got to do something, something. right? There is yeah. imminent, if there's imminent danger, you got to do something. But most of us actually spend time being anxious and afraid that is not in the now moment. It's about what could happen. A lot of us are afraid like, oh, what could happen, right? We're afraid of the future. We're afraid what's going to happen to our loved ones. We're afraid what's going to happen to the earth. And, and although that is an incredibly compassionate and caring attitude, that's really beautiful. It is not helping us in the moment because it's creating anxious energy in a moment where it's not really happening. So we would right. be better off creating the joy and the happiness and that lightness and lifting that energy to a different phase, which is also going to change the way we move into the future. Right. That makes so much sense. I don't remember who said this quote, and I don't have it exactly right anyway, but it was something about why continue to put energy in the past when you can create what you want today and build your future. Yeah, really good point. But we don't always think of it like that. I like to say I, I work with uh, clients from all over the world as well as an intuitive guide. So we just have sessions and we talk about things and I give them input. And mostly what I do is help them to see different perspectives. And one of the sayings that I always tell them is like, look at triggers. Triggers are those moments when we get triggered by something happening or another person saying something and we feel triggered. And it's bringing up either frustration or anger or anxiety. The value is in recognizing those triggers and starting to see triggers as treasures. A trigger will show you where to look for things for you to work through, to resolve. Because if you are in a place that is completely inner peace within yourself, there is nothing that's going to trigger you. You're just going to flow with whatever happens, take action if necessary, but you're not going to go in an emotional reaction. So the fact that you start screaming at somebody in traffic because you feel that they're not going fast enough or whatever, that's a trigger, right? And it says something about you. Like, why can't you just sit there and think like, wow, they're, they're in a hurry. Maybe something important happened and they are on their way to the hospital. The way I try to look at it is like, if I do feel triggered, it's like, okay, opportunity. That's a treasure. There's opportunity for growth here. Like, why is this triggering me so much? Such a good question. 
the idea that you would stop and look at that and go, all right, what's the message for me here about that? That's very powerful. It shows a real sense of inner strength to be able to do that rather than stay in that place of blaming and whatever else is going on. Yes. Inner strength and awareness, I think. I was going to say, like, it also, it it takes awareness. I think that's where it starts, right? Where we recognize that something triggered us. Because a lot of people go instantly in reaction and they never even catch themselves. You know, they they go off and they start screaming or whatever. They go in anxiety and they never even catch themselves going like, whoa, what just happened? Why did I go from feeling great to feeling like that I now want to just bite somebody's head off? That <laughs> It never says something about the other person. It says something about you. Very good point. So let's talk about the power of vision because that's chapter seven. Tell me a little bit about that. As human beings, we are driven by our vision. I think we're probably one of the only um, species on earth that are motivated by vision, by a dream, by not just by procreation and safety. We actually often are driven more to grow and to evolve by something that we want to accomplish. I don't necessarily mean that this has to be a really big thing. Of course, some people dream of publishing a book or standing on a stage and performing or doing something really large on a worldwide scale. But we actually go through our days, our weeks, our months by a vision. Most of us get up in the morning and we have a vision for what we're going to do today, right? I'm going to accomplish this. I'm going to pair something on my car call my aunt and make that connection. We are driven constantly by little visions of where things can go. And having a vision that is positive and that will help you to steer to something that you desire is is important. Okay, very good. Going back to the honeysuckle, it's important to have moments of joy, like get in touch with the moments of joy throughout the day, not just when something happens. But make it happen, create that moment of joy, because that opens the door to the creativity, to the vision, to whatever you want to create and manifest, you give it power through the joy. To get out of your head, right? Didn't you and that- out of my head. I need that. I sometimes suggest that to my clients as well, like put like a, a little alarm. Most of our phones come with an alarm, put an alarm every two hours that just goes off, not but like something nice, like a little tinker bell kind of sound. Sure. And as soon as, soon as you hear that sound, I want you to stop what you're doing unless you're driving on the uh, on the highway, right? Fair enough. If possible, stop what you're doing. Look around and find something in your surroundings that either makes you feel grateful or that makes you go like, oh my gosh, that's really pretty. Could be a flower. It could be yeah, like yeah. the way the sunlight hits a thing. It could be a child that you see playing and has so much joy. Those are the little treasures because that lifts your spirit and it literally makes you lighter and it literally will raise your vibration yes and once you have looked at a goofy puppy that is playing in the park and it makes you laugh you're gonna go back to whatever you're doing a little bit different it's just like you know start building in those little things to remind yourself yes the simple things it's not a complicated thing if it's a sunny day you could just put your face up to the sun And just feel the warmth on your skin or 
listen to the birds sing or just marveling over nature is really a very good way to end up in joy because it's just amazing how it's all been created. So in my book, I talk a lot about magic. And I think what we didn't realize is that the magic of life is actually already all around us. We get unlearned of, of recognizing and seeing it. Again, when we grow up in a paradigm where everything is based on the physical world around us and acquiring as much stuff and as much money and a bigger house and car and clothes and what we look like if if that's all there is what our focus is doing then we get into that race of i want more i need more that might not be enough for me right while if you go through your day and you build in those moments of watching a butterfly for a couple of minutes or doing things like that you actually feel happy and ultimately that's the goal to feel happy that was the original motivation That's what the awareness is all about. And it's a practice. I mean, that's why they talk about mindfulness, a practice to bring you back to the here and now in the moments you can find a little joy. I mean, yes, you might be really thrilled if you land a new job or you buy a new house, you get a new car, you get married, but it's the little moments that create the happiness in life overall. It's the consistency of the little moments. Right. I I think that's the success formula. That's that's where you want to be. What would you like to leave our listeners with? I would like to say, I always remind myself, even in in the moments where I feel challenged, it's so good to remember that you can change your life every second. Oh, yeah. Every new moment, you can do something different. You can choose a new thought and that new thought can lead to a new feeling and that new feeling might bring in more of that. And you can choose that every moment. It's never hopeless. And you have so much more power than you were taught. And I would say, check out my website. My art is uplifting by itself. I just want to thank you so much, Lon. You know, I thought your book was marvelous. Just want to mention you have Oracle decks and you can pick a card on your deck. So as soon as we're done, I'm going to be doing that. And they are stunning. Your work is so beautiful. Do you have a free gift for the listeners that you want to share? Yeah. When you go to my website and that is long-art.com, right at the top, it will tell you, um, do the five minute magic quiz. And that is literally a five minute, really fun quiz that will show you your magical power and what kind of a magician you are. That sounds like so much fun. I can't believe it. So thank you so much for being with us here today and for sharing your wisdom and light and beautiful colors. Okay. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you for listening today. If you're curious about intuitive coaching or a past life reading, please visit breatheloveandmagic.com. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate it or write a review and subscribe to never miss an episode and share the magic with a friend. This is Ronnie and Ryan wishing you love and magic. Love and magic.